Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. TV I Say with Ashley Ray, episode 22. This is our big finale. This is my last episode of the season. And I think the biggest thing with season two is that, you know, my thing is that how I've been doing it is I talk about all the shows I'm watching and then I have a guest, but TV is this thing that's supposed to be interactive. It's a thing that people are supposed to talk about and watch together. So for season two, I want to start introducing more of my comedian friends, more of my family members, more people that I love talking to about TV when I'm going through my watch list. And so for today's episode, I have my wonderful nieces, Kennedy and Madison. Hey, girls. They're joining me at the top of the show this week because, as you know, I've been watching Generation or Generation as it is spelled. And I have just struggled with how realistic the show is, if the show is even good, because maybe I'm just old now. And so I needed some hip young people to tell me what's what. And so Kennedy and Madison are here today. Yes, we are. Hey. <laughs> So let's share a little about yourselves. Uh, Kennedy, how old are you? Well, my name's Kennedy and I am 19 years old. Yeah. And Madison? I'm 17 years old. Okay, 17 and 19. Very hip, very cool. Very in, you know, the age of the people on the show. So would you consider yourselves cool girls? Would you say the people in the show, they're cool kids, right? Yeah, yeah. My impression of the group in the show was I would definitely hang out with them. Yeah. I personally, I mean, I can't speak for Kennedy, but for me, I had the lamest high school experience ever. I rarely went out with people. I didn't experiment with much of anything. It was just me. So looking at, you know, the group in the show, I was like, this is stuff that I would be really into. Like them going to the aquarium and getting high there and doing all sorts yeah. of whatever, everything they were doing. And also going to the hotel. That was my favorite part of the show. When I went to the hotel for the LGBT group. Wow. Okay. That was stuff I wish we would do in high school. So, See, okay. Yeah. yeah. See, I thought that was one of the worst episodes I'd ever seen. I was like, how is this realistic? What teachers are just going to let these kids run around like this? This guidance counselor is horrible at his job because he knew that this kid had inappropriate feelings and he never should have put him on this type of trip. Okay. I I don't think he knew, actually, though. He did because the kid kept hinting at things. It was very clear that he had to, like, give him a lot of rules. Like, that's inappropriate. 
I was just like, you should have been assigned him a different guidance counselor, okay? That's what a real responsible adult would have done. But in the world of a TV show, okay, Mm -hmm. I can accept it. But I think for me, the thing is, I did those things in high school. I was experimenting and breaking into buildings and doing all the fun stuff. But back in my day, we watched a show called Skins. Oh, and so yes, yeah. So I asked you two if you had seen Skins, and you were like, "No." But back in my day, that was the show that we watched. That was like, "Oh, I'd hang out with these kids. They like do drugs and are crazy and experiment." And I was like, "Well, that show always felt so realistic. Like I was sad for them and stuff." And this show, I just felt like the only thing that's interesting about the kids is that they're queer. Did you feel that way? Not exactly. Well, for me, I didn't think they were just cool because they were queer. I think it's because of like the stuff that was like going on in their lives and like the type of clothes that they wear makes them look a lot like. Now, I do have something to say about the clothes that they wear. Okay. I compared when I was watching the show a lot to Euphoria. Mm -hmm. So the biggest thing for me, to me, what made it seem a little bit more realistic was the fact that none of them, besides Chester, none of them were really all of that interesting looking like i feel like their appearance wasn't the focus as opposed to euphoria euphoria is visually stimulating so with the colors the lights the makeup and the outfits that's a huge part of euphoria and i feel like they planned that out intentionally and i think in euphoria they cast people who are super hot do you know what i'm trying to say yeah everyone in euphoria is like very attractive that is not what i looked like in high school exactly but in generation i was like these people they're pretty basic looking like nothing about their appearance again besides like chester to me so it was like i could look at them and see that okay i feel like they could go to a high school that i go to so i felt relatable and that's why I think I like it a little bit better than Euphoria in terms of that, because I felt like in Euphoria, everything was so taken to another level in like every way. I feel like Euphoria was not realistic at yeah. all. So I yeah. think the clothes that they're wearing and stuff, you know, it was pretty basic like, to me. So I enjoyed that part of the show. That makes sense. It is. I think the teen shows you've grown up with, like Euphoria. Yeah, I guess. That. Okay. We're not even young. We're not like 15. Oh my God. You are young. You're 17 <laughs> no, and 19. That's you. Don't yourself as old because I am. Like, no, you're just an old millennial, but you're okay. not like. <laughs> I'm 30. I grew up watching Skins and you've never even heard of it and you've <laughs> okay. never watched it. <laughs> I will. Okay. I you know what? It's yeah. Back fun. in my day, we used to watch Skins on MySpace. Oh, I could watch MySpace. MySpace? Yeah. Yeah. I know you could watch stuff. I thought it was just like. No, MySpace is honestly really cool. When you go. Girl, you don't know no MySpace. Yeah, Kennedy, come on. (laughs) I didn't even have a MySpace by the time you were born. Like, (laughs) I had one. Girl, shut up. To me, I just wonder if this is really what your lives are like. What characters did you identify with the most? Ooh. Mm. I would say Greta. Was that her name? Yeah, her name. Yeah, I was thinking that too. You kind of remind me of Greta. Not because she's shy, but I think what she was going through in terms of, I don't know if she had had a girlfriend before, if she was experimenting with girls, if she was using Riley as someone to like experiment with her sexuality, but I definitely can relate to that. And I did feel for her, especially when they were in the hotel and Riley tried to like have sex with her. She was like, that's not what I'm trying to do. I was like, that's how I would have reacted because 
Riley is somebody who just, she doesn't do relationships. She just sleeps with people. Now I know people like that. That's definitely relatable. You know, not for me, but people definitely do that. But I, yeah, I definitely was feeling for her in that situation. So I would say out of everybody, I would probably relate to her the most. I also, I really like Naomi. I don't think I could relate to her, but I really liked her character. Like what she was doing, like with her boyfriend and stuff. I think it was really funny, but yeah. And I definitely did feel bad for her. Her and her brother's relationship was so like, Oh, no, no. I thought they were close, but they were really doing some stuff to each other. That was like, yeah, they, that whole relationship wow. confused me. I was like, I you two don't them. like each other. You should go to different schools. Exactly. Kennedy, who did you relate to? I honestly related a lot to Nathan because he's trying to hide himself, like specifically about his bisexuality, which is what I'm kind of doing. And he can't really express himself. The only time he can express himself is like really when he's with his friends, I guess. But around his family and even his sister, it was just kind of strange. And so I kind of most likely wrote ready to Nathan. Also because his personality is just very quiet, I guess. And he talks sometimes and he can be really funny and chill. But he has a lot going on and he's just trying to figure it all out. And I feel like that's just me. He personally was the most annoying to me. I mean, when he had his, (laughs) when he kept having his internal monologues, when he was just talking, I was like, please shut up. (laughs) Yeah. Like I liked him when he had the moment on the boat. And then when he did that whole phone call, leaving that message, I was like, what are you doing, baby? Like, this is a bit much. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That was the moment. One part where I was like, what is this character doing? So I can understand getting the characters in the show and okay, like a lot of the things they do going on trips or things you want to do at the center of the show. There's this whole pregnancy plot where they're having a baby. Oh my God. And then in the end they get, what did you think of the whole baby thing? One, if you are nine months pregnant, how can nobody, that's the point I wanted to make. I also also feel like your generation is pretty smart about things like birth control and how sex works. Exactly. Exactly. Especially, I mean, I don't know how LA culture is, but I feel like everybody's on birth control. Like that's our, that's common knowledge. Yeah. And I feel like she would have been like, I haven't had a period in nine months and that would have raised a flag. Like she's a smart girl. Yeah, but she said that because one of her friends asked her that. She said that her periods have always been weird. So she probably wouldn't have known about that. But she still... Okay, I mean, how do you giant not nine-month-old belly? Exactly. And they're like, you didn't look that fat. I'm like, well, there's a difference between being fat and then just pregnant. Being pregnant. Like, yeah. And that was... was it was a big baby. That was a giant yeah. baby. Yeah. And when they kept switching back to that scene, I was really confused because they kept showing the beginning of the scene a lot. Do you know what I'm talking about? Because like... How everything... Yeah, it would just... I I didn't know why it had to be a flashback. Like, it didn't add any more importance. It was just kind of like, okay, that's another situation they're going to get out of, I guess. And -hmm. it builds up to the finale, but then it just... They get rid of the baby and it's like, okay, who cares? (laughs) Right. (laughs) But I thought it was really sad when they started adding stuff into the basket. That was so sad, honestly. But speaking of Delilah... She was probably my least favorite character because now when there's shows like this with a group of teenagers, I feel like writers always add in that overly woke character. In this case, it was Delilah. Every time she was taught. Now I get 
being politically aware and, you know, just a conscious of all of the stuff that's going on. But I mean, I would say that I'm like that to an extent, but everything that comes out of my mouth when I'm with my friends, it's not always has to be about veganism or everything she was saying. It was like, okay, we get it. Now it just felt like maybe that was the point of what they're trying to do. They're trying to make that stereotype, but I feel like they do that a lot in shows and it gets so annoying because I do see a lot of I mean, we see it every day, even without social media, everything that goes on in the world. It's like sometimes when I'm watching a show, I don't always want to have that character that's just reminding me of all the stuff, Yeah, especially when that's their entire personality. It's like, I feel like we could have done without her. I kept wondering, I was like, I don't feel like younger kids are like this. They're not this irritating. Yeah, they're not not like, oh, no, the baby has to. I was like, just and also I was like, the fire department doesn't choose who the baby goes to, like, just... I know right. uh, that was kind of realistic too. Like normally in a situation, you don't really go to a fire department. You just, I mean, what do people do? People drop them off at people's houses and you know, in movies, they'll just leave the baby in front yeah. of someone. That is a thing you can do now because so many people were abandoning babies. Fire department started a law where you can abandon your baby at a fire department and you don't have that's to answer any that. questions. So yeah, that's a thing they do. So that I was like, okay, But just the fact that she was this character who was supposed to be so smart and woke and then at the same time was so clearly, you know, naive to her own body and all this stuff. It was like, okay, I guess that's the joke of the generation. But all the other characters were a little more relatable. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. But I do want to know, you know, you're two strong black women. I wanted, what did you think of the show's portrayal of black people and slang? Did you think that was realistic? Did you think, you know, are you kids really going around saying bussy all the time? Uh, I mean, a now, gay male the gays that, that I'm around, yes, they, they do. Yeah. <laughs> but it's more like the whites. One of my best friends is gay and he says that all the time. He's not black. <laughs> but yeah. I don't know. They That's just a gay like, thing. It, it is, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he does that a lot. I love Chester, though. He's honestly my favorite. Yeah, if I could be like any character, it would be him. The confidence that he has. And I do like, in the very first episode, which I think set the tone for, like, the environment, was when he was walking around the courtyard, whatever, and everyone was just like, hey, we'll see you after practice, or what's up, Chester? Like, saying hi to him and being cool. You could tell, like, that was the environment we were going to be in. How outside people felt about, like, queer people. They're cool with, with them. and. I think there was only one moment in the show when they had went to that town with all like the country white people or something. Mm. And they were like staring at them. That was like one of the only times that we could see there's some people who were like, I'm not okay with it, I guess. 
So, yeah. but I think that was really, really nice and really relieving to see in a show, just queer characters being comfortable and everyone being comfortable with them. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. I like that analysis. So I am curious what other teen shows like this have you seen? So did you ever watch Degrassi? Oh, yeah. I didn't. When it was on MTV. I did. Drake, I didn't watch it. Well, the, okay. There were new episodes too, <laughs> not just when Drake was on it. I mean, Drake was on the show when I was in like middle school. <laughs> there's a Degrassi next class. I haven't. <laughs> Do you watch a lot of these types of shows like you did Euphoria? And then I guess really you haven't seen Skins, so. Now, my impression of Skins, they talk about it on TikTok a lot. That's how I'm familiar with it. Everybody says Skins is like, that's what I'm saying. That's how it's popular to people in our age group, literally because of TikTok. Like, they talk about our age group. Oh, shit. You stop trying to. It's your age group. (laughs) (laughs) TikToking anymore. It's just like people who look kind of like skeleton, drug. Well, they're British, so. (laughs) Yeah, and I was like, no. (laughs) <laughs> okay well it's very good and i think if you now, like I did like one episode they were just so ugly to me was, <laughs> that's sorry. what makes a good show to you well they're realistic oh. they look like real teens again what i said about euphoria that's a good reason to watch it but uh, there's ugly and then there's normal looking they were just ugly as i'm sorry <laughs> but okay it was pretty and then the blonde girl what is his name? Sid? Cassie Sid. and Sid. Cassie. Sid is adorable. Now, I know he treated her badly, I think, and she was really in love with him or something. So I was like, girl, he's too ugly for you to be that whipped. I'm sorry. It's just, that's me. Wow. Um, okay. <laughs> you know, generational changes, I guess, you know, you don't understand how Sid is just like a sweet, attractive, cute boy, but that's fine. That's fine. You know, maybe you wouldn't, you probably wouldn't get the show. It's a different generation. They use flip phones. You probably don't even uh, know what that Oh is, my God, we so. have flip phones too, man. No, I, I'm cool with that. You know, flip phones. Wow. Well, so... Given you didn't watch, I'm not even going to say shows like Radio Free Roscoe and you don't even know what that is. You don't know what Um, Teen Nick is. Okay. (laughs) Teen Nick? Teen Nick, yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. (laughs) Teen Nick was actually one of my favorite Nickelodeon branches out of all of them, actually. Nick Toons. I actually like Teen Nick the best. There was that one show. But you didn't know it when it was like Noggin and they used to have Degrassi, Radio Free Roscoe, Instant Star. You were not alive, Kennedy. <laughs> He's just saying that. She doesn't know shit. I know. <laughs> Kennedy, I know when you were born. <laughs> you are my niece. No, I'm not. Don't she hates being, me. now, a preface to Kennedy, she hates being what? You don't in. like being grouped in with Gen why. Z. I don't know why. No. You want to like, you wanna run with the millennials is what it well, is. I, well, we are pretty cool. I get it. I feel like that's the, that's the worst kind of Gen no, Z you guys, person. I mean, it's like, I'm too good for this. this no, is, millennials are actually very narcissistic. But, you know. Okay. That's okay so you like the show you would recommend it to your friends this is a show you and your friends would like talk about and be like super into yeah yeah yes absolutely when you first told me the show i was surprised it wasn't like blown up because it's so good well yeah that's like would be talked about on twitter or something well the biggest thing and i'm also curious about this are you familiar with lena dunham and the show girls i was just about to say Somebody yesterday on Twitter did post about Generation and then somebody in the like subtweeted and was like, 
Lena don't support anything that she puts out because she like molested her sister when she was younger. And then she talks about it openly and jokingly. Wait. So we don't support her. And I was like, wow. Damn. Wait, <laughs> She's not a character, but she produced the show and she wrote a few episodes and she directed a few episodes. And she used to have a show called Girls, which is an incredible show. And you both should watch it as young ladies in your 20s. I think it'll teach you a lot about going for what you want and how not to be a selfish jerk and how to be a good friend and not a bad friend because it's a show about being a bad friend. But that show was pretty good. And then she got really famous and she got a few other shows than this one. But she wrote a book where she told a story about how when she was growing up, she used to put pebbles in her sister's vagina. And she thought it was like a funny story where she was like seven and her sister was like a baby. And she was like, I didn't know any better. I was a kid. And it's like a funny story in her book. But then conservatives and Republicans who don't like her because she's a feminist and a woman who makes art about being a woman started saying, oh, she's a pedophile because of that story. So it's one of those things where it's like what she is joking about is gross and someone probably should have told her not to put that in her book. But at the same time, it's like conservatives are taking advantage of it to destroy a feminist woman because it's not a Republican pedophile who's like actually sleeping with children. So it's like one of those things where it's people just don't like her. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And they would just say anything just to break down her career when Republicans actually... That's very ironic, Republicans. But she said some racist things. Like her other show, she had like girls had barely any black people in it. So with this show, people were like, oh, what is Lena Dunham going to do with people of color in the show and younger people? Is she going to actually be able to do this well? And so to hear from you two that you liked it, it sounds like she did a pretty good job. Yeah, and without even, because I had found that out yesterday. So prior to that, not even knowing anything about her or what she had to do with the show, I liked it. I think that one girl's character, though, the Black girl, I don't remember her name. She was pretty fucking annoying. But she, you know, at the end of the day, she was a really good friend when she helped out with the pregnancy. And she was like, we're sisters. Like, this is what we do. Yeah, she was there to be the comedic relief. And, you know, she was funny and kind of annoying. (laughs) Do you have any other thoughts on generation you'd like to share? Honestly, well, one last thing for me is that honestly, my favorite episode was when Chester was feeling down about, about what's his name? The guidance counselor teacher when he kind of shot him down and he got suspended for two days and everyone at school was like cheering him up. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. Like that was so sweet. Yeah. I did like that scene, even though I was a little like, why is he so sad when he's clearly so popular? But popular yeah, yeah. people that can was be my, sad, too. That was my problem. That was my only problem with Chester in the entire show. I think it was the first episode before he went to the party. He was sitting on the roof. And he was like, this is what loneliness looks like. But I'm like, you're Dude, really you're not popular. lonely. He wasn't even alone. His friend yeah, was with him. He just, he just wants a romantic companion, I guess. Yeah. But you're really not experiencing true loneliness. So I felt like, I mean, come on. Especially he was hanging out with people every episode when he was alone it was really just like at nighttime when you sit with yourself and you're like damn i really wish i could have like a boyfriend or girlfriend with me but i'm like okay but i feel like hopefully if they get a second season they'll dig more into his character and we'll get that background yeah well thank you so much ladies for enlightening my old audience on generation Clearly, I did not know how to watch it because I was just like, this is silly. Who is relating to this? 
But now I, I think I understand it. It is very realistic to what you two are going through now. So now I'm going to turn to the watch list. And this is the list of all the shows I've been watching over the last week. If you've been watching any of these shows, feel free to share. I don't know what you kids actually watch, but maybe you watch any some of this. So first up on the list, Grey's Anatomy. Mm, it's too long to I start have... now. I okay. mean, I would have had to have gotten into it like four years. I ago. watched one episode of it, and what people say is true. When you watch that show, you're gonna you're gonna, you're gonna feel like you want to be yep. But she had went through the surgery. She said she got like high or something. Like it felt like this rush. I was like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I I've like that in real life. Like, I'm gosh, sure. I'm pretty sure at this point I have been watching Grey's Anatomy longer than both of you have been alive. Uh, I'm pretty sure. I'm literally 20, so the show came out. Like, You're 19. No, you round up her her <laughs> so, 20th year life. Yeah. Okay. Well, Grey's Anatomy debuted in 2005, so okay, you were alive. You toddler. Yeah, you so were toddler. <laughs> But Grey's Anatomy, sadly, is not good again. It has just been pretty bad these last few episodes. But this last episode, we did get a very sweet storyline with Sarah Ramirez, that character, who, as you know, I had the actress who plays that character on the podcast two episodes ago. So it was really sweet to see them finally lean into the interns and bring them to the front. More of that and less of Meredith on her death beach talking to ghosts. I am so sick of Meredith. I don't care if it's Lexi Gray. I am tired of seeing her talk to dead people. Meredith uh, talks to dead people? Yeah, what? it's all the shit. Uh, yeah, it's a long story, but she's in a coma. She's stuck on a death beach and she's just talking to dead people on the show. It's There's not like interesting. No writers put stuff together. Like, that doesn't even make sense. What? <laughs> yeah, but... <laughs> Like any Grey's Anatomy fan, we will never stop watching. So <laughs> up next on the list is Made for Love, which just debuted on HBO Max. They did a three episode premiere. And I have to say, I absolutely loved every single episode. Did you guys, you probably didn't check this out. Mm. You just got access to my HBO Max account. So Shout out to Ashley. Yeah. <laughs> maybe check it out now, now that you got your profile set up. If you want to watch Made for Love. I feel like it's age appropriate. I don't really care. Seems like you're 19, 18. You can watch TV. You're my nieces. I gotta be appropriate. But no, you're not 12 no more, Ashley. (laughs) Well, I don't yeah, I mean what your parents let you watch. Like made for love is No, they don't Oh, they don't know what you watch. Okay. Anyway, did first. I do think you'd like this show. It stars Kristen Melody as a woman who is escaping an abusive relationship marriage with this guy who owns basically a Google-like tech company. He's like a billionaire and has kept her in this campus for 10 years, and she finally escapes. But she realizes he implanted a chip in her head as part of an experiment he was doing, and he is eagerly trying to get her back so he can get the chip back. It's a dark comedy. It's hilarious. It also stars Patty Harrison, who I love. It's amazing. I can't wait to watch more. I think it might be HBO Max's, probably one of their best originals. I think it's better than Generation, but it's really good. It just hits every note so far. So that's actually my pick of the week, Made for Love. You got to watch it. Up next on the list is HBO's documentary, Q, Into the Storm. Do you guys watch Q Um, Into... No, you don't. You watch documentaries? Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. Sure do. I watch mystery documentaries. I like serial killer ones. The Richard Ramirez one. Oh, oh Night Stalker? 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that one was pretty good. Okay. Q Into the Storm is a six-part documentary series that has been coming out over the last three weeks on HBO. It looks into QAnon and the people behind it and tries to figure out who Q is, this person who altered our political landscape. And the answer The show, I think, does come to a really solid conclusion on who Q is. I won't spoil it for you. But essentially, it just shows who is running these like A-chan and 4chan accounts and who is influencing all of these people and how they were used by actual people in the military to mind control people. And it really does break the story down in a really interesting way. I mean, before it started, I didn't know anything about QAnon. I was like, whatever, I don't care about this. By the final episode, I was like, oh my gosh, I understand everything about this. Like, I know about all these nerds I never wanted to know about. And it's a really fascinating story. And it's really well done. So that is Cue Into the Storm, my documentary pick. I would say check it out. Up next on the list is Shameless. Uh, Do you watch Shameless? I think I thought you might watch Shameless. Okay. I was like, this feels like everybody watches Shameless. Mm -hmm. Do you still watch it? Are you caught up? Now, I can't remember. It might have been the ninth season. I watched all the way to whatever Netflix had. And then when Ian became queer Jesus. Yeah. And (laughs) Fiona ends up like becoming her father. The latest season, I don't think I have seen, but. Yeah. I've seen everything. I know that what's his name is like a cop now, which is really weird considering that like his character wasn't like that at all. But yeah, yeah. I heard it's kind of not. It's know. horrible. Carl is a cop now. That is true. But he, the whole season has been about him becoming a cop. And then he slowly realizes, oh, cops are bad. And then he realizes he can be a good kind of cop, kind of. But then the show, at this point in the show, Shameless doesn't know what it wants to be or what it wants to do. So it tries to be really dramatic, but then it still tries to be a sitcom and have these really funny moments. But Fiona left the show and she was kind of the heart of all the really dramatic moments. Like, yeah. So without her, it's just kind of like, who cares what any of these people are doing? It's just really silly all the time. So, like, Ian and Mickey had a whole plot where Mickey, like, hates living on the west side now because he misses the south side. And none of it is anything that matters, which is surprising because the show has one episode left forever. The series finale is next week. So, will they get it together in time to have a good finale? Who knows? But I'm going to be glad to say goodbye to Shameless. I've watched every episode. So... <laughs> Next on the list is 90 Day Fiance on TLC. Yeah. Uh, you know that is my show. Yeah. That's my show. Do you two watch it when I'm not home? I know whenever I'm there, I have it on all the time. Freaking no. <laughs> uh, I don't watch it more with Grandma Sharon, to be honest. Yeah. And then that's when I'm hooked. And then I always tell myself, why don't I just watch this at home? Because I love it. But that I never just do for some reason. I don't know. It is one of those shows where like, if you can't get into it on its own, but it's fun to watch with people. 90 Day Fiance is the main show in the franchise. And it just had its season finale, season eight, which I thought was one of the best episodes 90 Day Fiance has ever done. But if you have been listening to what I've said about this season, you know that I love the couple Yovi. Jovi and Yara. I always say Jovi and Yara, and it's Jovi and Yara. Is he the South African guy? No. Jovi is from New Orleans, and Yara is from Ukraine. And 
They're just adorable. Like, Jovi is a child who needs to grow up, and Yara is, like, this cold European woman who's constantly scolding him and is just like, you dumb drunk daddy. She's amazing. And then Jovi is just like, why can't I go do shots until 3 a.m. when you're 10 months pregnant? Who cares? It's adorable. And so the most of the episode focuses on them, and they finally have their baby And it's just so heartwarming to watch them cry over this baby. And they're just like, she's the most beautiful. You just see how much they grow. And to me, that is what 90 Day Fiance is about. It's about growth and transition. And the show isn't great when characters are stuck in a stasis, but it's really good when you're actually seeing the people change and adapt and literally grow up together. So the 90 Day Fiance season finale, A+. Check it out. And then up next on the list, we're almost done. This is not a lot of TV for me. I limited the list because I knew you two were going to join. So <laughs> oh my God. Uh, next up is Nailed It Doubles on Netflix. Nailed It. The cake show. Yeah. Okay. So I saw one episode, but I was like, eh. I mean, I'm not really a baking person. So I didn't really get into uh-huh. it like that. But I know that they just make a lot of weird cakes and they like get judged. Yeah. By it's weird- so my funny. Character obsessed with that show he would have it on people in make class. like ugly cakes and they'd be like oh, yeah. I, about the so whatever. I mean <laughs> yeah that's the whole show basically is in this season they do doubles so it's like mothers oh, and their kids oh. and couples and friends i absolutely think i would be good on it i want to do it with my friend i was texting her the whole time like we should be on this show we'd kill it but basically it's people who aren't good at baking and then they have to recreate something and the whole joke is just that they're gonna do a bad job And when they finally reveal the end product, it's always hilarious because it looks so bad. I don't care how many episodes I watch. I laugh every single time. I know the cake is going to be bad. And I'm still laughing when they reveal the cake. They always convince me somehow, maybe this duo is going to pull it off and do a good job. I'm always like, oh man, no, this team, they're going to be able to make this cookie. They're going to do it. (laughs) And then they don't. And I'm just like, oh, they didn't. That bad at baking. I mean, do they do it like wrong on purpose? It's like really complicated baking. It's not just like make five cookies. It's like make a cookie shaped like a peacock that has candy decoration on it. And you have to like make the candy and you have like 30 minutes or (laughs) that sounds good. Yeah, that sounds good. It also stars as host Nicole Byer, who is a friend of the podcast. So got to shout that out. Yeah, she was. I know her. Yeah, she was on my podcast. Oh my god! Oh my god! You just make famous people. I mean, oh yeah. I mean, you know. Ashley's like I mean, what I love about my family is that you guys have no clue what I do. It's my favorite part. <laughs> and now but- I see you on my timeline. Sometimes your tweets blow up, and they get on my timeline. Well, you know, you well then block me, okay? Like, I mean, I guess you don't want to follow me, so block me then, I guess. <laughs> No, I follow like, you yesterday. I, you know, I think if I knew you two followed me on Twitter, I would tweet differently. Uh, I did not <laughs> no. know that. I tweet no. as though none of my family is ever watching. So that's good to know. <laughs> no, that's me. I don't follow family members. You don't even post on anything. So, so that don't mean people can see yeah. what you like now. And it's so weird. And I hate it. Hmm. Yeah. You two stay away from the social media. I mean, <laughs> Madison is Little Miss TikTok famous here. 
Uh, <laughs> I'll let you give a shout out to your fans, but you know, stay away from all of it. But uh, yeah, nailed it. Really good. There's a wonderful episode with Ron Funches. He's super charming in it and so, so funny and delightful. So yeah, check that out. That is the watch list. That's all the shows I watched over the last week, which like I said, I cut it down. And like I said, my pick of the week is Generation because we talked about it. But my guests for today, Sydney Washington and Amy Solomon, who are here to talk about their amazing new book that just came out. We're going to be talking about Industry, which is another HBO show that like barely anyone watched, also includes Lena Dunham. But we all were obsessed with it. And so (laughs) I had to have them on the podcast to talk about Industry. So enjoy that conversation. My lovely nieces, thank you so much for joining. I just wanted to say thank you for this opportunity again. And I love Generation. I'm literally told a lot of my friends actually and I do plan on re-watching it because that's what I do I have comfort shows so whenever I'm bored I just re-watch shows and Generation is definitely going to be my re-watch because I can't get enough Uh, and I can't wait for that second season yeah you two Mm -hmm. were great you know I gotta say you were so thoughtful you had wonderful things to say I'm seeing a little bit of me in you maybe you should consider careers in tv criticism think about it oh definitely being a critic I thought You you both really have an eye for watching TV. So thanks so much. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. I'm so excited today on TV I Say with Ashley Ray. I have Amy Solomon and Sydney Washington who have just worked together on the book Notes from the Bathroom Line. Amazing comedians, writers. I have both of you here because obviously you worked on this book together, but also I wanted to talk to both of you about the TV show industry. When I saw your enthusiasm for that show, I was like, yes, this conversation needs to happen between the three of us. How are you both doing today? Good. People need to know how beautiful Sydney always looks because she always has this. She has plants. She yes. has like, how many different colored light bulbs do you have? I have lost count, but <laughs> I think I was at 24, but don't quote me on that. <laughs> but I definitely, I think I have a problem and it was funny maybe two months ago, but now being in this podcast right now in this moment, I was like, yeah, I think you should get help. Get help yeah. friend. We are getting the full Sydney Washington treatment right now. It is like she is in a living lava lamp. It is amazing. amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> there's pink, there's purple, there's blues. Yes. It's incredible. <laughs> so I want to start with notes from the bathroom line. I've had the chance to read through it. I think it's absolutely hilarious. What inspired you to put this project together? 
Yeah. So there is a book from the seventies called Titters that was basically, so I grew up obsessed with Gilda Radner and I bought anything she ever did. And she contributed to this book that was Phyllis Diller and Candace Bergen and Lorraine Newman and like tons of New York comedy icons at the time. And it's just 200 pages of comics and recipes and essays and fiction. And it was bizarre to me that there was never another collection of humor writing by women like since then, because it was in 1976. (laughs) And so, yeah, it had always been my dream to do a new one. So I basically collected a ton of women. And I love Sydney being at the very top and got them to write all sorts of different stuff. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's just a list of heavy hitters. Every person you love is in this book sharing hilarious stories. And what I love is that it's real bathroom humor for women. And I feel like we don't get a lot of that. A lot of times female comedians are seen as just talking about dating or these really polite topics. And this is not that. <laughs> Totally. Yeah, it was really important to me that it was like women being funny about literally everything. I mean, I wasn't worried. You know, I told people, write whatever is on your mind. You know, like I thought that if I let everyone write what was concerning them or what was on their mind at the time, like we get sort of a time capsule view of today, you know. So I was never worried that it would be all like dating or whatever, but it ended up just even more broadly, like every topic on the face of the planet. Yeah. And Sydney, when you heard about this project, was there something that you were like, immediately, I need to write about this or I want to talk about this? I think that Amy did such a good job of just making sure that everything was authentic that people were putting in the book. And I knew that my point of view was definitely needed. I thought immediately, oh, my breast implants. Like (laughs) I openly talk about them, but I feel like I'm not talking about them enough. As much money that I've spent on these bad boys and how long I had thought about it and obsessed about getting my chest done, I was like, this is the perfect moment to just shine some light on this augmentation that I had. Yeah. Yeah. And like now I feel like there's so much joy about it. Like people talk about the surgery on TikTok and stuff and kids are like, yeah, I want to learn about it. I don't know why I said kids. Like, <laughs> No, they're kids. Like young they're kids. children. Yeah. The, no, the it's kids. kids. <laughs> it's kids. Even, even if you're 50, if you're on TikTok, you are now a child. <laughs> you are a child. <laughs> you're a kid. That is a whole corner of TikTok. I always stumble upon a girl who's like, I've hated my nose my whole life. I finally had the money to do it. And it's always like a countdown. It's like yeah. seven days of Six days till surgery. I love it. It's a I love yeah. Yeah. And I feel like it used to be very like, oh, that's like a thing rich girls do or like mean popular kids. And now it's just, no, this is like a thing you can do to just love yourself and like your body. And yeah. Oh. Totally. No, there's Groupon, plastic surgery. People are getting tits on layaway. Like, it's not just for rich people. It's for everyone. Everyone is doing things on a budget. We're not just getting our clothes on sale. We're getting new backs and different yes. hairlines on a budget. Yes. I saw cheek fillers on Groupon. I was like, dang, they're really doing it out here. Mm-hmm. So... We came together because we really want to talk about the show industry, which the women on that show certainly are not concerned with being liked or good people. Well, I got into it. because Yeah, what got you into industry? Well, I view Sydney as the official industry influencer because she you were like on it. Mm-hmm. And you were doing Instagram stories being like, this is batshit and no, no one's talking about it. And so that's how I got into it. 
Yeah. Well, they weren't doing much promo on it. No, not at all. And I was surprised because Lena Dunham directed the first episode. And I was like, I wonder why they're not pushing this more. Yeah. I watched the show and I was like, oh, because (laughs) everyone is trash. Like, it's not in the sense of, oh, they're bad people. But on top of that, their storyline is bad. There's nothing (laughs) good about the show. It's good. It's not 90 Day Fiance. So it's not that bad. On the spectrum of awful, this should never be on TV to, okay, I could see you. You need a wellness check. I would say it's somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. And let me just for if you're not familiar with the HBO, not at all a hit sitcom industry. (laughs) It's a show that follows a group of young graduates competing for a limited set of permanent positions at Pierpont Co., a prestigious investment bank in London. The show is like, do you want to support these investment banker youths (laughs) who at no point do you want to support any of them? Do you like any of them? You don't know why they care about this evil industry. They all openly are like, yeah, we know we're ruining the country and ruining the world, but we're people of color. So it's cool, right? (laughs) (laughs) So at first I was like, this is actual trash. I don't even understand what it is, but I have to say at episode five, I think, I really believe it clicked in. I will go down in history as like, I think industry is genius. It is. It (laughs) is. Amy, no, no, no. It is because, hold on. First of all, Mahala, Harold, I was like, it's a black woman in the front. She's the leader. I'm watching. Boom. So that got me in. But then I was like, investment banking. Do I really care? I don't. I don't. But it's not about caring. It's about having the time. And I had a lot of it. I had a lot of it. And I said, let's go. So then when it was showing everybody's flaws, like not just the main character, I was like, oh, we are all in some kind of way like the people on this show. In comedy, I think comedy is very corrupted at times. And I think the industry sucks and we kill ourselves to be in it so much. And then we get in it and we're like, oh, I have to go all the way left if I really want to be a part of this system. Mm -hmm. And that's pretty much the show. It's like either you in or you're out. So genius, but (laughs) terrible. Genius but terrible. Essentially, you feel as though you are the harper of the New York comedy scene is what I'm getting from this. Honestly, I've never felt more seen than until I (laughs) saw this show. To me, the highest compliment on the whole planet. Yeah. You can be Harper and I'll be Yasmin. Yeah. (laughs) Yasmin. Oh, she's so hot. Okay. That's okay. I think she might be the most beautiful woman. It just she's so beautiful that her plot in the show makes no sense to me because I'm like her loser boyfriend. Her loser boyfriend. And then the scene when they have the party with her coworkers and she like is dancing all sexy and is like clearly needing attention. And I'm just like, you're a beautiful girl. Like what? I just want people to understand because I identify as beautiful. If you're not, wa- <laughs> if you have objectively not seen- true, yes, it's yeah. not an identification. <laughs> no, no, no. I identify. But listen, if we have not seen from Beyonce to Holly Berry to Angelina Jolie, the most beautiful women in the world, it does not matter. So most times they are with the loser boyfriend. Yeah. And they're most time picking up the pieces of an awful situation. And then sometimes those beautiful people suck. So it felt like right on the nose, actually. Yeah. Everything set up was very realistic. Yeah. That's just what I loved 
about the show. And I mean, I think Ashley, I responded to it just because I was like, this I think is the dawn of complicated, messy, nasty (laughs) female characters. And like a female, I have never seen, they should not be friends, Harper and Yasmeen. Oh yeah. Like in no world should they be friends. They they hate each other. They hate each other. And they have literally nothing in common besides this job. And they're essentially forced to be roommates (laughs) because it's their only option you know and no, like i just no well <laughs> no yeah because that whole part was very weird to me too where harper like had this housing but was like i want to move in with you and i was like does she want to be like gay with her or something to me i was like there's no need for her to move in and then the entire show everything is needlessly sexy like i think if you haven't seen the show please add like asterisk and everything we're saying add incredible sexual attention to every moment that is industry. Is that never seen a show that had ketamine and didn't have sex involved as well? So <laughs> this put K on the map. I was like, they're giving head in a dirty club bathroom. I know. Oh uh, yeah. But naked? I said, but, oh, yeah. I'm in. I'm all yeah. the way in. <laughs> I think for me, the moment I knew was like when the girl is like desperately trying to give her boyfriend a hand job with a dish glove on, <laughs> and it doesn't <laughs> occur to her for even one moment. Like maybe I should take this rubber dish glove off my hand that was just in dishwater before oh touching my, God, my boyfriend's dick. <laughs> and then she was mad that he was like, "But it's wet." Like yeah. she was pissed off. She's like, "How could you be such a dickhead?" And it's like actually he was just stating a fact. The glove is wet. He's like, honey, this is disgusting. And she's just like, this is a rejection of my whole person. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) Do you guys have the problem of we couldn't tell apart any of the pansexual white guys? Okay, yeah. I could not tell the white guys in the show apart. I know there's like a tall one who is sleeping with the black guy who is gay. But then there's there's another one who's like kind of gay. I couldn't keep any of them. There's Theo who had a whole girlfriend and was sleeping with Gus. And then we got Robert who I guess wanted to hook up with Harper and Yasmin. I don't know. But I love the casting. I want to shout out the <laughs> casting yes. for yeah. being so on the money with, okay, yeah, these guys are the same. And don't even try to make them look different. They are the same. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. I appreciate for that because that's truly how it is. I used to work in a nightclub and people would try to act like it was so hard to remember who I was. But I was like, I was the only black waitress. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The yeah. only black waitress. My name is Sydney, the <laughs> black waitress. It's not hard. Get it together. But these guys, Robert, Theo. Theo, No. That was all one character to me. I was just like, okay, the tall white guy in the show is doing something. And then the whole time I loved her manager, Eric. I loved him. That dynamic, I was just like, what is this? Am I supposed to want them to sleep with each other? Am I supposed to fear him? I don't know. He never wanted to sleep with her. Yeah. He just, yeah, that was what was just so complicated and amazing to me. It was like that dynamic. And then when Yasmin ultimately has to meet with her, I don't want to give too much away, but like she has a pivotal meeting with her supervisor who's been like basically checked out and her like ginger supervisor Guys. Connor, yeah. Connor, <laughs> you can't Terrible. believe you remember all of this. I know, the way you, the, it's insane that you know these names. <laughs> well, he was the worst. He was yeah. absolutely the top tier misogynistic, yeah. so loud. I mean, he made Irish people look awful. <laughs> the reason why I remember his name, because I hated him with so much, like all my heart. 
I think one, I mean, there are a lot of amazing moments, but there's that moment in the show where she's basically like, I want to report how truly horrific you've been to me. And he's basically like, and what exactly is it? What are you going to say happened? That moment of there's not a specific thing you can point to, but it's been living hell. I have never related to anything more in my life. Yeah. Like, I know this is wrong, but I don't have a concrete detail that will prove it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. was oh god it's yeah so i don't know that the show is accurate when it comes to depicting the actual finance industry don't know i have no, no idea I, <laughs> I don't know if that is actually how stocks are bought and sold how they do it in the show it seemed real enough to me but they did do a really good job of capturing what it's like to be a woman in that corporate environment oh. and just every scene of sexual harassment and yasmin trying to like prove to these guys that she knows what she's doing that part i could root for that felt very like work in nine to five to me and i I was like, okay, ladies, let's get this together. Completely. I, I didn't want to be an asshole and be like, she doesn't know what she's doing. Because I think she knew enough. She knew enough to do her job. But yeah. was she a mastermind like Harper? No. Is, okay. But, is Harper a mastermind? Yes. <laughs> yes. Investment, is she? Is Harper? Because yes. it seemed like she was just kind of trying things there. Like she no, was no, just no. a little like sell on 45 and then all of a sudden she like owed 300 million dollars or something i could not understand what was going yeah. on. <laughs> investment banking is bullshit and it's all about the gift of gab the art of conning people it's not about actually knowing the numbers and so that's why she's a mastermind she's like i didn't finish school i was able to scam my way into this bitch True. i don't know exactly what i'm doing but i know enough that you guys are idiots and are going to figure it out for me. And they yeah. did. They did. Yeah. I didn't like how True. she crumbled at the end. That made me upset. I was like, girl, you're better than that. Come on, stay strong. Yeah. Stay strong. I-, I think at that point, those braids were getting to her. Ah! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was the part I was just like, please, somebody help her out. Please, somebody get these braids out of this girl's head. I don't know what costumer or hair person on set just let that go for so long. But I was just like, come on. Amy, the continuity of the hair, I don't think you noticed. You might have not cared. (laughs) But me as a Black woman, I was like, I could tell when they redid her braids and when Mm -hmm. they didn't or what scenes they set up first to like Mm -hmm. towards the end. I was like, wait, why do they look fresh again? Oh, I see they went out of order. Okay. (laughs) That's the things that I was noticing. There's just like one part where she just has so much new growth. And I was just like, come on, girl. Like, please. (laughs) If you watch, this is so different. But if you watch the Barry pilot and then the second episode of Barry, Henry Winkler's hair is like six inches (laughs) different because we shot them like a year apart. And no one checked the continuity whatsoever. (laughs) Yeah, it's very similar to that. Yeah. Fame black woman, Henry Winkler. (laughs) Yes. And it's like, even that I tried to like find meaning in it. I was like, Harper is this woman who's being torn apart. And she like, as a black woman, can't even take care of her hair. And then the next scene, it would be like fixed. And you're just like, no, they just literally did not give a shit. Yep. Yep. I'm so fascinated by it because truly it was never marketed to me. It was marketed (laughs) to me through Sid's Instagram. That was it. On the record. They owe you money. Let these hoes know. (laughs) (laughs) Also, I'm a big proponent of why don't they sell the Pierpoint and Co. sweatshirt? I want the purple sweatshirt. I would definitely get that. I would wear it to like whatever corporate day job. I absolutely (laughs) would spend money on that. 
I don't know who this show is marketed for. Like, they didn't do marketing, but I don't know who the audience is supposed to be. Like, who's the biggest star in the show? Ken Lung, who plays... Yeah, Ken Lung. Yeah. He's the most famous person. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Yeah. And then I guess Lena Dunham directing the pilot kind... I feel like HBO has this weird relationship with her where they're just like, uh, we don't... I really know. like you, but okay, we're going to just keep letting you make things, but we don't want people to know. It's <laughs> like, very weird. She made that other show they have, Generation, Generate Plush In, as I call it. And she full on wrote it and is an executive producer. And I feel like all the ads tried to like lie about her involvement. And then finally HBO was like, okay, we have to admit to everyone she's involved. <laughs> this is the weirdest pilot for yeah. her to have directed. Industry? Yeah. yeah. But I will say she did a fucking amazing job. If she had to do with the casting, she's a genius. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, see, girl, it's better when you're not talking on camera. It's it's better when you're behind the camera. I'm just saying. It is. She knows how to make TV. And like that pilot, like your heart is racing. You're really like, oh, my gosh, I feel for these investment banker kids. And, like, she gets that down, and then when she's writing the words and saying them, that's when things kind of go off the rails. She needs to be working. I get the sense she's the kind of person that, like, needs to be working and not have the space to be toxic. Yeah. If you, you know what? I agree with that. I think some people need to actually check themselves and say, am I equipped to be talking right now? <laughs> yeah. Maybe I should just be in the yeah. back office, you know? Yeah. That's I think like- she's settled there, and that's good. I mean... If you haven't watched Generation on HBO Max, you should, because it is a lot like industry, where you're just kind of like, what are these kids doing, and why am I supposed to care, and then why is it just weirdly over-sexual for no reason? I will, but the plus sign in the middle of the word makes it really hard. It's very difficult. I still call it Generate Plushin, just because (laughs) I'm like, if you're gonna do it, I'm gonna embrace that. If you're gonna make (laughs) us do it, I'm gonna do it. Yeah. But it's just, there's something about the sex scenes in industry that were so weird to me. They all felt like they were written by virgins. <laughs> like every sex scene in the show, like the threesome, all of it felt like people who were like, well, I never had sex as an investment banker intern, but this is what I imagine the cool investment banker interns were doing. And I'm just like, what? I who know. told you sex works this way? No, but. I think I liked it. I liked the <laughs> awkwardness. I liked how people would be like, that's not how sex works, but it is. We just don't <laughs> want to admit that's how a threesome is. Most times you get into a threesome and there's one person that's like, actually, I'm not really feeling this. No, yeah. I actually just want one of you. Or I actually don't even want both of y'all here, but I want two other people. Yeah. Can y'all tag <laughs> somebody else in? Like, I enjoyed how a lot of people were like, that would never happen. But no, it it is. Yeah. Yeah. I also think there's the very famous scene of Yasmin. And by very famous, I mean the three of us. (laughs) For the five people who watch the show, the (laughs) iconic moment. (laughs) I texted my friend that thinks it's so bizarre how obsessed with industry I am that we're going to talk about it. And she was like, cool, you're the only viewer. (laughs) Um, But we're not. We're not because it got a second season. Yeah, it got a second season, which shocked me. I was still shocked, but everybody was shocked. We owe it to Sydney. 100%. Everybody Um, was only happy for me. That's it. They were just like happy that I succeeded, even though I'm not on the show. I bet when it got renewed, the cast didn't even get text messages, but people were like reaching out to Sydney, like, wow, I'm so happy for you. (laughs) 
But I do think, okay, you know, there's a scene of her and one of those white guys, we'll never be sure which, in the locker room at mm-hmm. work. And I don't want to give it away because I think people really should watch this show. Yeah, no, that, yeah. It's very hyper, ridiculous, sexualized, blah, blah, blah. And I do think she has had this loser boyfriend. I don't think she's had a ton of experiences. And she wants to be this badass, sexual, wild woman. And so she's doing these things that are ultimately awkward, but wants these stories, you know? I think that's accurate. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, it just is so cringy and accurate and perfect. Like, it did remind me, maybe that is it hit too close of my first time trying to be a dom and just like having no clue what I'm doing. And you're just like, yeah, lick my shoe. (laughs) And then immediately, like, is that too much? Sorry. Is that too much? Yeah. Like, wait. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you can also be, I hate saying this, but you could be a bad bitch or a boss bitch and still have doubts and kind of be insecure about things and show those insecurities because everybody thinks that in order for you to execute something, you have to have a hundred percent confidence. And I think you should only have 90, a hundred percent confidence. I think that's a little psychotic. You are a hundred percent. No, Mm-mm. Yeah, those people are, are scary. Yeah. Those people are psychos. Those people are Donald Trump. Those people. Exactly. Exactly. Thank you. You got to have a little Mm self-doubt. And I feel like that is kind of the theme of the most popular kind of TV characters for women on right now. Are you watching any of the other shows? The Queen's Gambit, The Flight Attendant, I May Destroy You, this sort of exciting, problematic woman trope that we have now. Yeah. Watched all that shit, baby. All of it. Hell yeah. (laughs) I mean, why do we oh, have Emily to- in Paris? I guess she counts. I'm going to throw Emily in Paris in there. Oh, she's the queen of all of it. Of yeah. all of us. Like, we'll never like her. Not one bit. I was like, yes, she deserves everything that's happened. They should be more mean yes. to her. Yeah. Um, oh, God, yeah. <laughs> but I think we need to get out of this thing about being likable. Because I think there is this false belief that if you're liked, then you're good. That doesn't mm-hmm. mean that you're a good person. That just means people like you enough to kind of follow in whatever you're doing. But Mm -hmm. it's the people who are so unlikable and low-key suck (laughs) that we want to find out what happens to them. We kind of stay on because we're like, there's no way this is going to turn out right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think that that's what's so interesting about industry over the rest of these messy woman shows is that Also, they're kind of questioning, is my goal to even be likable? Because Harper's, she seems to be battling with, isn't it almost better to be scary to people? You know? Oh, yeah. And she's scary. She's so scary. Totally. But Yasmin's kind of like, I ultimately want to be the flirty, beautiful one who brings in these clients or whatever. And Harper's kind of like, I want people to be fucking scared of me, you know? So I feel like they're actively dealing with that on the show. Whereas Emily in Paris, it's just like, how do I make these French people like me? (laughs) They'll never like you, girl. They will never, never, ever like her. I saw some tweet about Emily in Paris that was like, how does it manage to be offensive to Americans, British people, Asian people? Like it just like it's offensive to one and all. To everyone. And then at the same time, it is the most nothing show. Nothing happens. I watched every episode and you're like, what does she do? I think she does a fashion show at some point. I don't know. It just kind of washed over me. At some point she sleeps with an underage boy. They kind of just... They don't even really address that plot point, but I'm just like, hey, maybe everybody should know Emily. Very problematic. Um. (laughs) This is going to be a hard generalization, but this is how we feel about 
the typical white woman. We're like, what is it that she does? (laughs) Why, why are we invested? I'm, I don't know what she's doing right. I know what she's doing wrong, but I can't believe I'm 10 episodes in. This is insane. Which is very much how I felt about Queen's Gambit, where I was like, I'm watching this woman play chess Mm -hmm. and I need to see her win the chess games. (laughs) (laughs) I never thought that I would care about chess this fucking much, but Queen's Gambit did that. Yeah. So crazy. We talk about this at work all the time, but like it's a ticking clock. Making anything into a sports movie, ultimately, the way it hooks you is unbelievable. And that's why industry works too, because you know, at the end of this, what is it, three months or six months or whatever? Six months. Like who's going to get cut? And just that premise is always going to get you, you know? When they do that like big scene in industry when they're doing their final intern projects or whatever. Yeah. Which I was like, I guess this is real in finance, like your intern presentation on finance, <laughs> which I think is one guy's present. He's like, I got to do my big presentation on the numbers. And I'm just like, yeah, buddy, like, I hope you get it together. And then there's the one guy, Gus, the black guy who like just buy the dip, badass. short the VIX, but Bitcoin. Yeah. <laughs> I love him. I love him. And yeah. So arrogant. So arrogant. Amazing. Amazing. Uh, and I just was cheering. And then I was like, why am I cheering for this? I know, I know. Yeah, that's how I felt about the chess, too. I don't know how to play chess. I learned when I was very young and don't really remember. But after watching the show, I downloaded an app and was like, maybe I can like relearn this. I'm going to get this muscle going again. I'm about to revitalize chess at 30 years old. Uh, <laughs> here we go. And it lasted for like a week. And then I yeah. never opened the app again. Yeah. <laughs> Oh so, I like I like how you tried, you know? Yeah. Women in STEM. That's what it is. <laughs> so there it is. So what else are you two watching now? What else do you like to watch? I obviously am a big 90 day fan. You mentioned that. What are you doing on TV these days? Love Island. It's like, I don't want to be happy. It's like, I want to watch TV and be miserable. I don't know what's wrong with me. <laughs> it's so bad. I'm watching it and I'm like, first of all, Everyone is perfect. Even the most undesirable person is still the hottest person on that show. Everyone is sick. Like their abs, their skin, their eyebrows, every little thing is great. And it's like, why do we want to see attractive people excel in relationships? Why? It's it's not good. I have a hard time with those shows because I don't care about attractive people in love. That's why I have a hard time with The Bachelor and stuff. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, just shovel 90 Day Fiance down my throat because those are real people. It makes sense to me. I'm like, yeah, I see why you two are settling for each other. You're trying to make this work because it makes sense, you know, and you want the $3,000 TLC will give you. Love sister wives. Yeah, I see why they're in that mess. And then Love Island, I'm just like, you're attractive people. Like, just go to a bar. What are you doing? (laughs) Or not talk. It's whenever they talk, I'm like, oh, man, how do the people filming this feel? I need to understand (laughs) what kind of therapy they're taking. Because when I hear them talk in the confessionals, I'm like, I love the accent. Accents are great. But even the accents can't help them. (laughs) They're bad. Yeah. You would think they would just sound smart. And no, I just. I haven't seen it. Amy, save us. Save this conversation. What are you watching? (laughs) Another thing that I watched because IO posted on Instagram stories about it was the the documentary. The investigation. So it's like the HBO show. It's about the real true story of Kim Wall, the Danish journalist that got murdered after she went into that guy's homemade submarine. Submarine, yeah. 
it's like six episodes, eight episodes. I don't know. It was fucking dope, dude. It's so good. Oh, it's, man. Yeah, I, I've been waiting to watch this documentary and I just don't think I realized it was out yet. Oh, so man. It's not, you it's, just, it's not a doc. It's what is it called when it's like based on the true story? Uh, but I don't know. It's like a narrative version. <laughs> like the narrative. I got like a real life story, like an e-true Hollywood movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But so, oh, you got to watch that. It's unbelievable. And it's another thing of the Danish actors in this show are just the casting's incredible. Who are these people? They're probably huge Danish stars. But yeah. Like, that one's so good. And it's their big goal with it was, okay, I don't want to give, they don't ever show the suspect and not like seeing the back of his head or something, but that he's just <laughs> not like a part of it. And they basically were just like, we don't want to glamorize this crime. Like it's a horrific crime and we don't want him getting like notoriety or whatever. And so it's kind of a different approach of it. It's like really about the police and her parents and stuff. And it is so good. Yeah. I love that. I feel like that's kind of the new twist for all of these true crime shows. They're all realizing like, it's really misogynistic to focus on these male serial killers and stuff. Maybe we should care about the victims and yeah, I know, seriously. the people left behind. That could be a story too. Yeah. What was the one where like Zac Efron played the murderer? And it oh was like, yeah. He's super he played famous. Ted Bundy and yeah, it, yeah, yeah. it was hot. He was hot. <laughs> like, I hate it. Like I... I know that Evan Peters is playing Jeffrey Dahmer in something coming up. And I was just like, I hate that I'm attracted to that. Like, I'm, (laughs) it's not fair. I know. Yeah. So that one was, uh, I loved that. So thank you, Io, for that recommendation. She posted it being like, this is slow as shit, but it's so good. I didn't think it was that slow, but I don't know. I'm way more willing to, I think, let a foreign thing be slow. Yeah, I'm always just like, that's what they do in other countries. (laughs) Like, this isn't American media where it's like, buzz, buzz, buzz. It's just like, we take our time, slowly develop. (laughs) Totally. And I need the time to read the subtitles, so it can go slow for me. We love subtitles. It's reading and watching TV at the same time. (laughs) A two-in-one. Two-in-one. It's perfect. That's, yeah, I did Veneno. That one, I was like, I'm learning Spanish. It this was is beautiful. And oh, so good. I did watch that. That made me cry. It first, made me sob. First, first episode made me cry at the end. And I was like, okay, we're in. Yeah, I'm in. We're in it. And I actually think that is the best depiction of the problematic, bitchy woman who doesn't give a shit about being likable. That performance, that show, incredible. We need more of it. Oh, yes. wait. Okay, so I did do a Love Island, but I do want to shout out Heaven's Gateway. I was Ooh. watching that about the cult. Yeah. And it blew my mind that I was a kid when this actually happened. Mm-hmm. And all I know is that all these people died. And as a kid, I was like, well, I want to know more about these people. What did they do to get these people to follow them? And yeah. I was like, you just have to be lost. Okay. Yeah. All right. You just need to get lost people to follow you. Just, yeah, really lost, depressed people who straight up were like, even if it turns out this isn't true, I'm just happy I got to hang out with you guys. Yeah. <laughs> like, that was the wildest part is the people who were just like, you guys, even if this is all straight nonsense and we don't fly off on a comet together, I'm just happy about the good times. <laughs> Wait, was- did you see... That they announced the cast for the big new Star Wars show today. Yes. Do you see who's in it? Bonnie from The Vow. The Vow. 
Bonnie from the Nexium sex cult got cast in the Star Wars movie or TV special thingy, whatever it is. And so do Wait. we think, I think it's a TV show. I think it's like I a full series. Yeah, I think it's a full series. And it's Moses Ingram, one of the Safdie brothers. Yeah. And Kumail. My yeah. pal Kumail. Yeah, but I was just like, What? Has she been working? I mean, I don't know offense to I, It doesn't. <laughs> I, don't, I mean, based on the vow, no. Because, like, a whole plot is, like, she gave up her acting career to, like, go into Nexium, And yeah. then she did the vow. And now I guess, I mean, I want to know what manager she has or, like, what agent, like, was able to spin that to get her hired by Disney. I know. I have screamed when I saw that. <laughs> like, that's great. Good for her. Like, I, I know, love right? it. Like, I love that comeback story. To have sex cult probably automatically come up when anyone Googles you and then to go from that to Disney, hell yeah, girl. Also, Talk she about was it. the one in The Vow who was the first who was like, nah. Yeah. She was like, Sia, absolutely no. And all those people that she forgave were so skeptical of her at first, but whatever. Yeah. So I'm pro Bonnie. You go, girl. I, yeah. I mean, I absolutely wish she'd get divorced from Mark Vicente, who I hate so much, but... Also, he was so awful for so long. He stuck with the cult over her. Yeah. And was just like, if they say sleep on the floor, bitch, like sleep on the floor. (laughs) So is she going to be in season two of The Vow and also Star Wars? No. Apparently. No, you don't do both. (laughs) You don't do both. But I will say, hell of a rebrand. What the fuck? Right. I I want her team. I want her team. Like, she is straight up just from sex cult, whatever, to child star now. Like, she's going to just be beloved franchise so crazy like once you're in that star wars stuff you're oh in yeah that- you're in it like all the nerds are writing fanfic about you and you're just yeah. like in that world forever mm-hmm. so crazy uh so amazing so we're coming up at time is there anything else you want to plug anything that you know you want to tell people to check out i mean i think everybody should go pick up your book what else yeah. do you really need Sid has two amazing podcasts. Yeah, I do. I do have two podcasts, The Unofficial Expert and Hobby Hunter. If they pick up another season, if you hosts have hobbies, please come on. <laughs> I need more hobbies for me to act like I'm interested and then be like, I'm not doing that. But yeah. <laughs> for the comedic value you get in it. It's like $29.99, baby. That's what a deal. <laughs> <laughs> You're very nice. Thank you. This was so fun. I've been dying to speak to Sydney about industry forever. And I was so I, I am so glad I got to have a conversation about the show with experts who thoroughly enjoy it. I feel like I've just been alone on an island. Like I did an episode (laughs) earlier in the season where I just talked about it myself. And I was just like, I don't know if anybody out there knows about this. So finally, I have found my people. And then one last question. Is there a TV recommendation you want to make to the audience or to me? Just one. Hey, everybody out there, check this out. The investigation's kind of mine. Yeah, that's a good one. We love, if you're dog people, Sid's a cat person. I don't know about you, Ashley, but there's a show on HBO Max called The Dog House UK that's about this very fancy dog shelter outside of London. And it's basically just about, they bring a family in and they're like, what kind of dog are you looking for? And then they match them. And it's just like an amazing feel good 
show. They make it almost like a dating show of like you wait in this little meeting pen and then it goes to commercial and then finally they bring the dog in and stuff like that. And that's our little feel good show recently. Okay. These are the exact kind of recommendations I'm looking for. I've never heard of that and I'm going to watch it all while I eat a pint of ice cream this weekend. Thank you. Clearly I'm very passionate about shows where I am the only viewer. There was this show on HBO called like Flower Fight or something and no one I've ever spoken to has heard of it and I'm just like it's the most like feel good flower show in the world. Is that the like designing bouquet by one? Yeah, like they do bouquets and then they also do like living sculptures and like full wall pieces. It's not the same as the British one. What is it called again? Flower Fight. Amazing. I'm into that. Yeah. It loves a plant. She's like furiously looking it up. (laughs) I was like, I got to watch this after. (laughs) Yeah, because there were like two British shows. Okay, wait, no. There was the big flower fight on Netflix. And then, oh, wait, it's not called the flower fight. Oh, man. Because this is definitely a new wave of reality. Yeah, because it's like full bloom. That's what it was called. And then there was Full Bloom, and I was like, why are there all of these gardening competition shows, but they're all so sweet because you can't be mean about gardening? Like, I watched all of the Grey Pottery Throwdown, and now all I watch is planting shows. Amazing. Sydney, do you have a a recommendation? Uh, I have a recommendation. Buried with the Bernards on Netflix. Oh! Now, I'm a morbid person, but this is the least morbid show that deals with death and a funeral. Yes. It's incredible. It's like six feet under, but not sad. Yeah. It's incredible. It's like a black six feet under. Yes! It's so lovely. There's pregnancy. We see babies. It's so sweet. And I want more people to watch it. I'm sure they're blowing up. I'm sure their funeral home is book, 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 book. Like people are killing themselves to be. Just to get a reservation there. Netflix needs to promote that show more because it is just so much fun. And I just love that family. And the people just have not heard about it. But it's very good. We're doing good work on here, Amy. Yeah. (laughs) We really Uh, are. I mean, you got industry a second season, and I fully believe we can do it for Buried with the Bernards. We, are. we need that, and we need the Pierpoint and Co. hoodie to be sold on the HBO on the, yeah. site. After this, I'm sure it's happening. <laughs> Ashley, if anything happens, like, really big for industry and for Buried with the Bernards, we're going to go to you. You're going to get the credit. You know, I know they're out there listening, HBO. <laughs> I know they listen, they take notes, they listen to what I have to say. And I, I think we're going to get this to happen, you know? Amazing. <laughs> uh, but thank you both so much. Pick up notes from the bathroom line. Thank you so much for doing the show. The TV I Say theme song was made by Rafia Santana, and our artwork was created by Chastity Hyman. TV I Say with Ashley Ray. Another episode, another episode of TV I Say with Ashley Ray. Another episode, another episode of TV I Say. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 
Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply.